Hello, everyone, and welcome to Game Studies Review 2023 edition. I'm Alex Lane. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. I'm Cody Reimer. (laughs) (laughs) We're so excited to have you here. This one, uh, we're going to do a great review today. It's a little faster than our typical episode, so if we haven't researched something, particularly for an example, I randomly am pulling out the pronunciation of the author's names or um, deep dive into their research history, which I did a little, I did a little, but um, more more importantly, um, you know, dust off my familiarity with quantitative methods. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I went through and read everything they cite, so I'm ready. Oh, well, you can help explain uh, Wilkes deltas and all the 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 Kronbach uh, alpha you know, meaning and, and all of that. Uh, this is Danielle Kelly, Brona Nick, uh, Jola Espeg, and Paula Castillo's 2023 You Game Like a Girl, Perceptions of Gender and Competence in Gaming from Games and Culture, uh, the most recent volume and issue. Uh, and it's a doozy. There's It's a really interesting quantitative uh, approach to understanding uh, perceptions of warmth and competence uh, as they relate to gender in games. And so what they did was they... Perceptions of warmth and competence, right? Yeah, yeah, perceptions. Uh, So they had a study of um, N, the number of participants was 385 uh, folks who watched novice and expert playthroughs of randomly allocated gender conditions, uh, female, male, and neutral. Uh, and then those participants rated these kind of clips of playthroughs uh, for competence and warmth and then completed an ambivalent uh, sexism inventory. And they also estimated the number of errors in the clips. So the uh, research. I'm so glad you're doing the summary and contributions on this because I literally don't think I could even talk through them. Um, <laughs> well, I'll but do, I do my I, best. Yeah, thank you for doing that. Uh, so the research, researchers used voice priming uh, and a warmth scale and skill level manipulation uh, and uh, scripted kind of utterances that were, um, you know, written by the researchers. Uh, they had four hypotheses that they were testing. Uh, H1 is that uh, female utterances would be perceived as less competent and having made more errors compared to male and neutral uh, voice clips across both skill levels, the novice and the expert. Uh, H2 uh, is that interaction between gender utterances and skill level would be found, meaning high skill female players would be seen as less competent than high skill male players. H3 interaction between gender and skill level will be found for perceptions of warmth, whereby low-skilled female players will be seen as incompetent but warm, and high-skill will be seen as competent but cold. And then hypothesis four is that uh, high-hostile and benevolent sexism will be associated with lower perceptions of competence but high-warmth for clips depicting female utterances compared 
to male and neutral clips. So these, and are, these their terms hypotheses. are are Yeah, and these terms are defined in the article. Yep. Yep. They dig into them really well. So if they, you're like, well, are they just randomly saying this? They're not just randomly saying right. it. Right. This is they get to these hypotheses after a pretty, you know, robust lit review where they talk about Lengthy. um the the kind of frameworks and theories that they're using, um, such as the what was it, the ambivalent uh sexism theory, which is uh, benevolent sexism and hostile sexism and cultivation theory. It's and, a lot. And their stereotype content model, which examines interactions between dimensions of competence and warmth to explain stereotypical behavior. So they do a lot of this heavy lifting to explain some of this stuff before they get into these hypotheses. But ultimately, they've got four hypotheses that want to understand perceptions of gender and competence um, as it relates to warmth and um, and they've got this really interesting sort of study to do that. They use a 2D physics based platform game called I am bread because bread. the avatar is just a piece of bread. I hadn't I haven't heard of this game and I kind of want to play it. Um, so it's it's genderless as much as bread is genderless. Mm -hmm. uh, and the voiceovers were scripted by the researchers and characterized by utterances that sort of uh, depicted various emotions, confusion, frustration, laughter, joy, that sort of stuff. And then the participants uh, rated uh, competence and warmth on a seven point scale and completed a 22 item questionnaire for uh, the ambivalent sexism inventory. And then also, uh, which that inventory, that questionnaire, that inventory has good internal consistency. Uh, they also rated errors based on their perception of errors on a scale from one to over 50. Um, and so the female clips were reported as less competent than male clips in both expert and novice levels, but they were more pronounced in the expert level. Uh, interestingly, the female and the neutral voice clips were the same uh, in, in that regard. The novice clips rated as displaying more mistakes than expert clips across all genders. Um, and perception of error didn't differ significantly across gender at all. So like if people were the, the novice clips, um, everybody just got tanked for looking incompetent, regardless of gender. Uh, novice clips were rated as less warm than expert clips across all gender. So if you were incompetent, you were not warm. <laughs> <laughs> basically mm -hmm. uh female were perceived to be less warm than male clips but not significant to a significant amount and neutral clips were rated as significantly less warm than both female and male clips and i'm going to jump ahead here to let uh listeners know because i didn't find out until like three quarters of the way through the article what neutral meant i assumed neutral was voice modulation voice priming so that it was you know almost like auto-tune robo kind mm -hmm. of you know as genderless as a computerized voice can be but it turns out that neutral is more like control with zero utterances there's just nobody talking so you know that makes sense that that would be less warm there's nobody talking to the you know about the gameplay there's just nothing it's funny because uh, <laughs> i saw you writing that down because this never happens that you and i are in the document at the same time writing our notes in here but anyway i saw you writing that about voice modulation whatever and i hadn't gotten there yet either and then i was like oh and then i yeah. saw that you had gotten there yeah. 
So neutral clips rated less warmly because there's no talking. Uh, men scored higher on benevolent sexism compared to women, and men displayed higher scores for hostile sexism than women with a moderate effect. Uh, and then the male condition uniquely predicted higher competence scores and higher hostile sexism was associated with lower perceptions of warmth. So if if they perceived you as being uh, less warm, uh, they were more hostile in their sexism. Uh, and so just to to clarify, benevolent sexism is like, oh, good for you. You're, you know, a, a woman gamer. Isn't that nice? I, it's nice that you would, you know. Uh, play to support, you know, your boyfriend. Support your boyfriend, <laughs> right? Versus hostile, like you know, really vulgar. Get the rude. f back in the kitchen. Yeah, get back in the kitchen, kind of stuff. Um, so that's sort of the summary. Um, as Alex said, we did this sort of, you know, uh, kind of quickly because of the holidays, and so part of that is not only did I not do a better job researching how to pronounce the names, but I also am leaning pretty heavily on pulled quotes uh, for some of the contributions. Uh, I think I'm going to skip through some of these because I think I did a decent job summarizing their findings. But yep. what I'm going to do is, um, you know, refer back to these if we want to explore the hypotheses more specifically or explicitly as we talk about uh, some of the gaps, what we liked, um, and some of our kind of thoughtful ponderances um, all right, so I'll talk about a couple gaps, and they listed these um, for the most part in their limitations section, so that wouldn't be shocking to them. Um, right. But I will say that I put a much higher weight on one of their uh, limitations than the authors seem to, which was that the participants in the research today were not gamers, but a mix of general population and students. So yes, this is a limitation, and as exploratory research, you know, this happens that we have you know, samplings that aren't don't match our ideal population. That's fine. Uh, however, that seems like a really big limitation. If you're trying to make any statement about sexism in, in the games industry, as opposed to how the general population sees gamers or sees gaming clips or this or that. So this seems like a maybe not a deal breaker, but a but a very big red flag. Uh, to me, the, the now, if you're going to say, well, 70% of the population games or something like that, you know, so, so that's a wide range of people, 385, so quite a few people to participate. So, you know, but to me, that makes I, me go, that, hmm. yeah, that, that definitely stood out to me. They did all of this work, you know, in their lit review talking about, um, gender and gaming, uh, and, and, but then they write, it is possible that societal norms differ significantly in gaming environments, end quote. And I'm just going, not that we would know. You think? <laughs> <laughs> but not that this, not that we would know from this research. Like, well, uh, like yeah, so they, so they, they talk about how the uh, ASI, the ambivalent sexism inventory um, is measures beliefs around societal norms, not necessarily mm -hmm. gaming context. So it has questions right. about like hiring practices and workplace sorts of scenarios. Yep. Uh, and so the authors write, quote, identification as a gamer or engagement in cooperative play uh, are moderating factors. Uh, it is possible that societal norms differ. Yep. And I, you know, there we can certainly learn uh, a lot about gaming from non-gaming, you know, inventories like this, I think. But uh, I'm glad that they 
attended to it as a limitation because I was sitting sitting upright in my chair going, yeah. wait, what? A lot of the a lot of the participants, uh, well, there, there was the participants were just the general public, right? So there was not even any sort of intake uh, or or like demographics about familiarity with games or gaming uh, or even physics it's a physics platformer i haven't yep. played it i don't know how it works but they were being asked to rate errors and so you know if they don't know how a platformer works or anything about physics um how are they rating errors and the game uh was the not there was novice and expert novice the game state at the end of the clip was failure and expert was uh the end game state was like an a plus rating Right. But if you're not, if you don't know physics very well, or you don't know platformers or games at all, um, you know, what do you have to go on until you get to that point other than, you know, utterances of frustration or confusion? I mean, you could be doing great and still be frustrated, right? right? Um, Absolutely. So I, there, there's a little bit of qualitative sort of um, description uh, of the the kind of gameplay that I, I would have liked. And this is one of my kind of constant gripes. So this isn't, specific to this paper but i think to researching games in general when there's a game used as an example i want really good like quality description of the yeah. gameplay so that i can understand and follow along if i don't have any familiarity with it otherwise i'm taking it on on faith that you know it it is working as perfectly as you know you would want for what you're trying to study in fact, that criticism in its in your micro application, I would say, applies to the article as a whole. The it's written as if, um, as if a, it's like a paper somebody wrote in a class where everybody was reading the same thing. They're all on the same page. They're all, and I'm like, okay, so we have these inventories, we have these, um, you know, contexts, we have these methods, but like, there was no discussion of like, this is the standard here. This is how you know there's no bigger context given to why these are chosen. And there's so much time in the article spent on diving into these different indices that were chosen that made me wonder like, why, why these then, you know, and it, it was just strange. I think it lacked some contextual basis throughout that would have helped. And, and this is, I guess, a wider problem in game studies. You, you have to understand if you're going to make an impactful article in game studies, you're not writing to your field. So this is th these researchers are from psychology. You're not writing to only psychologists. You're writing to people who have a wide, wide range of knowledges. So you can't just say, well, everybody knows this, this theory, and then go apply it without any context given to how it's used or what it's useful for. So I would say throughout that a little bit more um not even context but like situating the sure. approaches and more of like a a, a a higher up view of what's happening in the research study would have been useful um they do say that they want to quote advocate to build upon theoretical frameworks developed for or tailored to online gaming social context from my understanding the research frameworks that they use are not for gaming and right. the they don't study gamers so I'm not exactly sure how their research furthers this advocating or building up theoretical frameworks for gaming, unless it's to show that it's not really that they don't really fit and it's not really sufficient because they're kind of applying this 
I think that's that what I think that's else. exactly what it is, right? They're they're advocating to build the theoretical frameworks that would better do what they're kind of kludging these other frameworks together to do. They say Which is probably makes sense why to me it seemed piecemeal and like didn't it just didn't make a ton of sense why they went about it the way they did. But in psychology, your frameworks are everything, right? And the way you approach a research study, especially in quantitative, that's everything. So maybe they the the kind of like disjointedness of some of it was the point <laughs> well and i think they they give us some really interesting you know takeaways despite it being you know not necessarily really generalizable and i think the takeaways mm -hmm. do support the need to kind of tailor make the sorts of frameworks uh that they want um to that they would have liked to use so i think it works in that way um i do think it's interesting that they noted in their limitations that um there is uh that game types are gendered puzzle so games that, so that's puzzle, one of the things that they say well like yeah like that this you know, is considered a female game because because puzzle games and pla you know certain platformers can be seen as feminine um you know that could have had an effect and that's interesting but i also kind of i paused when the um they said that the number of errors is an objective measure of competence um, and I was hoping to to get your take on that because, like, my understanding of the article was that when players were rating the number of errors, it was based entirely on vibes and was entirely subjective. And they weren't tallying, like, that's an error. Here's a second error. Here's a third error. It was just like, you know, how many errors do you think they made on a scale from one to 50 plus? And I don't see how that's an objective measure of competence other than it being quantified. It's 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 very subjective, isn't it? Like I, I would say that you're exactly stating one of the issues with quantitative research, which is why our field doesn't rely on it as as much, certainly not solely quantitative research you hardly ever see. And that's because like, what do you mean it's objective? Like you can't like I here, I'll make up a number seven. Okay, so now it's a number, so it's objective. Like, no, I just made it up. Like, there's nothing objective about it. So, well, I could un I could understand if they had, you know, people who really knew the game and were very familiar with it, and you know, the like a speedrunning community talking about errors, for example, right? Like, very you, you failed to do this sort of you know speedrunning trick that helps you wall clip. That's one error, and they're like marking it down as they watch through a playthrough of a speedrun yeah. attempt, and they're like, they made seven errors, and like, yeah. yes, they did. There's wide consensus about which errors those were and what we we can even name them. That's I still very wouldn't call than... that objective because that's like a specific place in time. What's considered best playthrough that can always change. But sure. anyway, yeah, that's far more well, objective. Right, but right on a scale of objectivity, it seems yes. much more in line with a you know something like an objective measure of competence compared yeah. to I don't know they got a you know fail state and they seem really frustrated. So probably I don't know like fifty plus. Especially like... if you're not a gamer, you probably have no idea. Anyway, so the excellent, excellent point. And then the final thing I'll say is race. Like the race of participants was, unless I missed it, not mentioned. The race, yeah, I... any racial cues in the voices they used, not mentioned. Like, did... There's a lot in the utterance that goes untextured and uncharacterized that I was like, but what did they sound like? 
because you can sound like you're having fun and be warm in your tone yeah. while expressing frustration. A good voice actor versus a bad voice actor. Like, right. And they yeah. were scripted like, oh, shoot. Oh, like, darn. I oh, failed to be bred again. Oh, I don't man. know. I, I want to give the authors uh, and the researchers credit and I want to give, you know, their study credit. Uh, yeah. So I don't want to like, you know, malign the, the voice acting or anything like that. But I, there is a lot that goes into tonal quality that I feel like we can't take on faith, you know, so. Well, uh, and for my dive into the research that um, and publications that these authors have done is they seem fairly new to um, not academia necessarily, but their jobs are within the last couple of years, you know, lower level of publication. So or lower number, not level, lower number of publications than some of the authors that we've reviewed. So definitely that um, I would say, I hope, I hope they continue with the research. Their questions are good. Their research seems interesting and they're doing a lot bigger groups and a lot of cool quantitative stuff that many of us in game studies is not able to do. So I definitely don't mean, I mean, I have to be the naysayer. That's my job. I definitely don't mean to malign this either. I am super excited to see them continue with this, but I think it's I important know. research. I, I, yeah. um, you know, I've got questions and concerns, but I mean, I, I often, that's what we do or almost always do. So, uh, I think it's worth reading. Um, if you are interested in like a quantitative approach to game studies and trying to understand what quant research can look like in games, mm -hmm. uh, if you're interested at all in perceptions of gender and competence in gaming, uh, or interested in their sort of frameworks, um, as imperfect as they are for, you know, games, I think that this is a great skim. Um, and if you're like me and it's been a while since you've done quant you know, methods, uh, training, uh, you can kind of just skip past some of the, uh, <laughs> some well, of the I think it's important to stuff. know this exists because we can re better researchers than you and I can yes. take this and say, look, this is what happens when we don't have the right frameworks and theories yeah. and tools to be able to use because gaming so weird. So here it is, here's where it's proven. They've shown it. I think they do a convincing job of showing that. And let's let me do my research. Let me put forth my theory. Let me put forth my sexism inventory assessment scale con blah 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 blah. And then uh, like this is a this is a good anchor for that. Yeah, I think that's a great bottom line. Boom. Boom. Nice to see you. Hope you had a good holiday. I ate an eel pout last night, also known as a bourbon. Bourbon. I wish it was bourbon. Bourbon. <laughs> have you ever had an eel pout? I have never had an eel pout. I'll see. I pickled some. I'll save some for you. I will try it only because it's you. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Email us if you have any article recommendations, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Take care.